Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide Number Three, Part Two. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by the Mac Voices Slack. Discussions, questions, and answers, and a place to talk tech with your friends. The Mac Voices Slack is available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up at patreon.com slash macvoices and join in. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, we wrap up the third Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide with Part 2, and our panel is anxious to get back to what they're going to try to cost me money with this time. Okay, we're through two rounds, and I already have things in my shopping cart. Brett has things in his <laughs> shopping cart, so it's, well, now we got to drag Patrice and Mark in. Mm-hmm. Brett, what okay. are you going to do for us for round three? So I have, I have a lighting pick that would tie in great. I have a storage pick, which would tie in great to a previous round. And I have a keyboard pick, which is completely out of bounds of what we've talked about so far. I think I'm going to go with this storage pick. Um, the OWC Express M42. It's it's $350 and that $350 doesn't buy you any storage. Like you have to buy the storage on top of that, but it is an SSD enclosure that you can add four cards of any size you want to. And it has the highest uh, read write speeds that I have seen on any external storage up to this point. So uh, you give this to somebody, you tell them, you spend between 300 and 600 however to buy terabytes worth of ssd storage um and you don't have to fill all four slots but uh you can fill them with whatever size you want to and that base price gets you super uh, an external drive that operates nearly as fast as the internal onboard ssd for your Apple device. I have obviously not tested this on any other machine other than an Apple machine, but on an Apple machine, it will get you read-write speeds. So if you're doing if you're doing video capture, if you're doing anything that requires uh very fast read-write speeds, it's amazing. Um it's great for serving video to other uh, applications externally or internally on your Mac. And it's, it's just, it's amazing. I love it so much. I got it for Christmas last year, actually. (laughs) It it, it looks, it looks cool. I, I would uh, say that you said it's 349 on the OWC right now. It's 249. Oh, geez. So, you know, the price is, Prices come down, or you know, it's uh, maybe a special, but it yeah. is a special. It's two forty nine. Brett, you need oh, a backup. Oh, okay. So on Amazon, the enclosure, the raid enclosure is three forty nine. The plain enclosure is two forty nine. Mark, you know what the difference would be there? Yeah, soft raid. You know, because I think on there's, uh, I think in. Incl- on OWC site, it says it includes soft raid, you know, which is the, which is the drivers that you know, run on your Mac uh, to uh, support it. So, um, 
I guess it's cheaper at OWC than Amazon. Well, there is on Amazon. You can get just the enclosure for two forty nine. Yeah. So I assume that's what we're talking about. Um, either way, maybe buy it direct from OWC and don't support the Amazon oligarchy. Mm-hmm. You could do that, uh, but again, you know, on there it's it says right here. It does it include soft rate? So uh, soft huh. rate is normally anywhere from like eighty to two hundred fifty dollars, depending on the version you get. All right. Thanks for that. Perfect. Brett, you need a backup. You need a second one. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh darn! Of course, <laughs> I, I have two. I have two with uh, sixteen terabytes each, so I'm set. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm afraid to know how many terabytes of storage you have <laughs> just hanging around the hanging around the house. Uh, Mark. What do you have for round three? So it's a, a USB-C hub. It's a four-port USB-C hub made by uh, Belkin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is great because I think, you know, many of us, even if you have multiple USB-C ports on your computer, we're, I think, always you know, port uh, challenged. And, yes. you know, this is uh, this is great because you know, imagine you had four of those uh, Samsung drives. You could plug it in here and... Uh, Using uh, Apple's disk utility, you could build your own RAID, you know, system to have either you know, mirrored protection or concatenate them together to make them all look like one big volume, you know, for you know, big storage pool. Um, just some ideas of things to play with, you know, or maybe you can reduce some clutter and just uh, plug in and other accessories uh, into your Mac. Because you know, I know uh, the reason. The reason I'm getting this uh, for myself as a Christmas gift is um, I don't have enough ports and I have to keep plugging and unplugging uh, devices in. And, uh, you know, this will be, I think it's $50 now. It's uh, it's a great solution, you know, so uh, provide a lot of uh, utility. You know, it's a you know, piece of, uh, you know, high-tech plumbing you know, to, move, to move all that power and move all those bits around. What's funny? Amazon is showing me the French assets. I don't know if it's for the <laughs> yep. same for everybody. That's fun. No, it's same a good idea. Yeah. Okay, the, the, so it's not just the, me. <laughs> the actual text on the page is uh, is is English, but yeah, mm. the the, uh, the graphic assets are, are in French. Yeah. So that's this, good. No, it's a good this, idea. I like it. Yeah, like, I mean, oh. this is really affordable, and mm-hmm. if you if you don't need the whole Thunderbolt thing. Or pass through, and you know, so many devices you really don't. Um, this is a really affordable way to to take that MacBook uh-huh. M3 that you just got and add uh, increase the number of USB C ports to it. Yeah, especially when you're traveling, because I mean, this is small size. So if you if you're traveling, you just need like to plug in multiple things or just whatever. You have multiple things you just want to plug in one thing. I don't know. You're working from like another office somewhere. Um, this yeah. this helps with that, and it's it's compact, so you can just throw it in your back. You don't have to oh, carry wow. around like a big dock of some sort. And I like the way Mark just you know mentioned if you get four of this other thing and plug them in here, you can create your own. <laughs> <That's, laughs> nicely done, Mark. Nicely done. Ah, <laughs> uh, Patrice, round three. Round three. So. Um, I'm going to pick something that I think is more is for us. So it's probably not for most people, but it might be for us. So um, a lot of people have probably heard of like um, 
uh, Eero or like Netgear, one of the like big network vendors. Um, but there is there is a company out there called Ubiquity, um, which actually provides uh, equipment for professional setups, like up to stadiums and like 5G networks and, and whatnot, Wi-Fi and 5G and all of that. But they do have actually a line of affordable and and really really good, I would say prosumer hardware. And this the one I put in is the uh, in the chat and in, in the show notes is the Ubiquity Dream Router. It's a new version came out this year. There've been multiple versions before that. There is the the Dream Machine Pro, which is then more yeah. What if you really if you have a server rack at home or something, you would probably use that. But this is like a like a little cylinder. Um, it it has uh, like a gigabit uh, RAN port. It has four LAN ports gigabit, with two of them being power over Ethernet. So if you wanna, I don't know, if you wanna hang up a second access point and send power to that, uh, which Ubiquiti does, and I have one of them, um, you don't need an extra power plug or whatever. You can just literally plug in your Ethernet cable on both ends, and it powers the device and stuff like that. Um, what I really like about them is they have really really good software. So I, th- I mean, you can imagine if a company that is providing managed managed hardware on like a scale for stadiums, they need good management software. And you would think, oh, it's really complicated, but they figured out how to make that complicated thing still easy. So as I said, it's probably not for everybody because you need, well, you need some knowledge of what you're doing i mean the the defaults that they ship with are good they have like they have wizards they have everything you would need so you can just plug it in and it works um but if you really dive into all the menu options and so on you it starts to get to a point where it's like okay i need whatever i'm spanning up five different networks at home for example that's something i'm doing i have a network for work i have a network for my personal stuff i have a network for a vpn that's literally connected to the us so there's an entire Wi-Fi network that I just connect to if I need a VPN somewhere. Um, I have a network for for Internet of Things devices. And if you go on that level, you need to understand a little bit more about networks and how they work and so on. It's not much, but you need a little bit more than the default. So I think it's it's more for it's for us. We understand a little bit more about technology and we can go there. And the cool thing about this is this is scalable. You can get the, the little the little dream router and start with that, and it has a Wi-Fi 6 access point, and it's quite good. And then you can say, oh, maybe I need a managed switch. Another 40 bucks, you have a managed switch. You can say, oh, I kind of, like, I have, I'm having issues on the, like, opposite side of my apartment. It's not, like, the signal is not very strong in my bedroom. How about I hang up a second access point? You buy another access point. And it's plug and play. It, you just plug it in, it works. It, it adopts it, configures it, it runs. So it's it's just a really good, really flexible system. It has a lot of smarts in it. So they have a lot of intrusion protection, for example. Like I can, I can literally block out, like I blocked out any access from Russia, from Ukraine, from like certain countries, China and so on. Um, they have like the, the monitor, you can monitor your traffic and, and it blocks ads, for example, stuff like that. So there's a lot of built-in power and built-in smarts in, in these devices. So and they have um, they call them applications. So one is the network application; it's kind of the default. It's like your Wi-Fi, and your wired network, and and all of that. What you would need, but they also have security camera systems. They have door access control systems. They have an an identity app, basically, 
uh, it's like a yeah, like kind of single sign-on system uh, that they provide. Um, and on the Dream router, I think you can run two of them. So network is one. You could pick another one if you want. So I have like a friend of mine, for example. He he runs like he has a farm, and he has I don't know 30, 40 security cams on his farm, and runs them through your BKP. So he has the professional, the more professional gear because it's some at that scale need a little bit more power on the on the hardware. Um, but yeah, you can like that's the cool thing. You can literally start easy, start simple, and then scale up. And if you need something bigger. There's always something bigger available, and if you all of a sudden you own a stadium and you need that, well, a big <laughs> got you covered. So, so, so hypothetically, if I had a family member who was had even less network networking knowledge mm-hmm. than I did, um, I could get them this, and the setup would be pretty much point and click for them if they didn't need anything beyond your basic yeah. setup and firewall. Um, I, I don't think they, I mean, honestly, for the most part, plug it in, it works. All right. That has been my experience. Uh, so if you you go deeper, I mean, you the, the cool thing is it has remote access capability. So I literally have an app on my phone and I can, wherever I am, like I might be in Portugal or whatever, I can check in on my network at all. And there's a, uh, what's also pretty cool, there's a built-in VPN. Nice. So they have a nice. built-in VPN. I can VPN into my network through them and and do whatever like it's quite quite nice i mean not that i would have a problem running my own vpn because i do that (laughs) but i don't have to sweet yeah so yeah i would say for the most part plug and play very nice looks really good Uh, this looks really good i mean it has a lot of a lot of capabilities Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's that's the problem and once you start you're like oh maybe i should get the bigger one well, but the idea, that you can, think, but the idea think, is you know. can upgrade it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all managed, oh. so it's like you're like you have a switch, and you can configure every port and say, okay, this port goes in this network, this that port goes into that network. If you need, to, if you want to, you don't have to, but if you want that, you can do that. It's managed, so it's not the the dumb switch that just whatever goes in goes out. Doesn't care. Yeah, so I I have euros, but mm-hmm. I would say for anybody, you know. In the listening audience, if it's been a number of years, you should, I'd recommend, you know, for a speed boost, upgrade your Wi-Fi infrastructure, you know, whether whether it's this uh, Ubiquiti uh, mm-hmm. product or Eero or, or something else, mm-hmm. because um, I've noticed just a dramatic, you know, about a 30% uh, increase in speed just by when I updated, you know, from an airport, you know, mm-hmm. airport in, you know, to, uh, to, the, to the Euro. So, yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and Euro is great. Like I had Euros. For me, it simply was, it was too simple. It, it works great. Like nothing against Euro. It just for me, for what I wanted, what I wanted out of it, the statistics I wanted, the options I wanted, it was too simple. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the point. If you need to set up uh, multiple networks and have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have that control. You know, Eero doesn't give it to you, but uh, yeah. Ubiquity, you know, g- great product. And looking at it, it's affordable. You know, yeah. do you know roughly, you know, how, you know, it's got also, it's got, you know, four antennas, which mm-hmm. uh, I think the, I think I'm not sure Eero may only have three, maybe it has four, but no, they, they have on the, on the big, uh, the bigger boxes, they have four as well. That's kind of the stand, the gold standard. These okay. Days. So they, yeah. So it can yeah. do beam forming, which yeah. is, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Really and I mean, 
one of one of the differences is the like the antennas are fine, but like what is the processing power behind the device? Because it has to manage all the clients. Like every connection, it has to it has to manage and that new, that uses CPU and and, and memory. So that's a, one of the big differences between an Eero and a ubiquity, ubiquity device. Like I mean, ultimately, it's, it, you can SSH. It's really funny. You can SSH and I can SSH into my my like Wi-Fi access point, and you can see what's running behind the scenes, which is really cool. For, for I think for Brighton, for me, we would like, yeah, really very enjoy cool. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's like. And you see, like, okay, this is running basically a Linux system in the background, and it's doing these things, and and like this is the this is how much CPU is, is using being used by this process and all of that. So it gives you all the options. I've literally SSH'd in and installed stuff there. Like I needed, like when they didn't have the VPN capability I wanted, I just installed a package for VPN. I just spent I just spent three hundred dollars on a router, and I'm very tempted <laughs> by this. I can tell you, you know where I got that recommendation from from Dark Rock. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you know, you know where it's coming from. So maybe you can still return your uh, existing router and Brad oh, yeah. and. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to go um, sort of low tech, no tech. Um, for my third round pick, I I hate doing any kind of yard work. <laughs> There's always something easy. There's always something better to do, like watch paint dry. Just I, I just detest it. But the house I have has uh, it was purchased. I would never put this in, but has a patio that has like a cobblestone. Mm-hmm. It's a cobblestone patio, and that means that weeds grow, get in the cracks, and grow up through them. And mm-hmm. yard work is terrible, but pulling weeds out of cobblestones is pathetic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, I found this. Um, this is a Flame King uh, weed burner, which is basically <laughs> a flamethrower. <laughs> it's like a small flamethrower. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, a, a blowtorch. Oh my god. <laughs> and and if you look at it, you, and we'll have the picture up here, it it basically is, has a very it's a curved form. You hang one of those little uh, gas bottles on one end, and it has a torch on the other. It has a little igniter block. You ignite it, and you've got you know maybe up to like a six inch flame, and you can just nuke the daylights out of the weeds <laughs> without having to bend down or you know get on your hands and knees. The, the way they advertise it, and and I have to say, I've I've I don't know if this is accurate, but I know the weeds don't come back very quickly. Is when you're burning them like this, you're burning not just the top off, but you're burning down into the root because you are you know using a gas flame, so it's hot. And the 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 areas of my patio that I treated this year, the weeds did not come back. So. Hmm. If you, you know, if if you, and it's also, I have admit, it's emotionally gratifying to burn yeah, weeds, as right? To because yeah. because what we did this year was to pour boiling water, uh, the bricks on our patio, uh, weeds come up between the bricks, mm-hmm. and this year we went out and we poured like boiling salt water uh, between the cracks, and that did a decent job. Of preventing mm-hmm. weeds from growing back, but it did not have the emotional satisfaction of for, of <laughs> torching 
the weeds. I can see that being very <laughs> gratifying. It, it, I'm it just is. imagining it Chuck running around with this thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like a maniacal laugh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and yeah, Mark. I've ordered one. It's being delivered tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can yeah. you use just a normal propane tank? You know, you know. I, I mean, I don't know if you, I, I. I don't know because then you would have to have a hose and have to drag that big thing around. Oh no, no. I mean, um, I mean a normal can like you use for. Yeah, yeah. Just for, yeah, like a, a camp stove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's it. And and what's surprising? I mean, somebody really thought this out well because. The way the curve is and where the bottle mounts, it really balances out well so that you you don't feel like you're having to, you know, hold it at a particular angle. It just sort of rests in your hands and then you can just maneuver it. Um, but, yeah, it's I will say this. You you may want to watch your neighbors because when you light it up, <laughs> it is kind of loud, uh, surprisingly loud. So. You know, they may think that you are, I don't know, I have no idea what they, they the first neighbors thought I was doing with this, but they did look a little worried. They heard um, you laughing and they were like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> die, we die. Take that. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. But but really, it's, uh, you know, and, and it's 24, 24 bucks. 24,000 BTUs. Wow. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like a lot of the chemicals don't do anything else. They're just chemical burns. They, they, they like. Just do the same thing. Yeah. Now, I I, I want to make sure you know we're we're laughing about this. This is a serious device, so you know you have to make sure you don't <laughs> catch something else. Uh, turn you know set anything else on fire with it. Um, you don't want to use it like for uh, leaf removal at this time of year, at least here, because no. you know you <laughs> could really start a real problem. So this is a. I mean, you're talking about a blowtorch kind of blue mm -hmm. flame. So, you know, treat it with respect. Yeah, if you're but, in California, maybe don't fight it. I, I don't know how they feel oh, no, about it in California. Especially if you're in California. But yeah, but um, but yeah, it it's it it works. It works as advertised and it's not terribly expensive. So, and I'm glad to know Mark now we okay, so we got something in Mark's uh, shopping basket. We got to <laughs> we got to get Patrice. We're at round four. That means that if you have multiple things left, you have to pick what you think is your best one. Um, so, Brett, what is your best last pick? Oh, man. So, I can't remember how the train of thought started, but I really wanted to make a soda stream hack my last pick. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't, my Google food didn't come through in time. Like, you can hack a soda stream to uh, use a larger CO2 tank that you can buy locally. Instead, I'm going to go with the... Okay, so we talked about stream decks. And stream decks are great. You can use them with your fingers. But what if you wanted to use your feet? What would you do? Uh, the answer is the stream deck pedal, which is right now on Amazon, $82. And it gives you three programmable foot switches... And uh, so I can, with my whole setup where I have like three different stream decks on my desk, I can change what the foot switch does with the press of a button. And I can reorganize those three foot switches to do 
whatever I need to in my current context. Um, most of the time, those three foot switches affect my microphone. Uh, I can mute a mic with my foot. I can uh, change input output, uh, headphone input output with the middle pedal. And the third pedal just turns on and off the mic mute so I don't mess it up. Um, but you can do whatever you want. Anything you can trigger with Stream Deck, you can trigger with your feet. And that is, it's fun. If someone you know already has Stream Deck and they're already into the ecosystem, they're already used to com like configuring buttons, get them a pedal. Let them use their feet. It's it's really fun. Oh, great. <laughs> you just cost me money. <laughs> we got, okay, you got Patrice, bro. There you I go. Should, I me. should mention that uh, Better Touch Tool, which is the ultimate way to extend your stream deck. It's an app that's available on Setapp and uh, you can you can buy directly. Uh, Better Touch Tool does offer direct Stream Deck integration. Um, makes it really easy to extend the pedal. Good to know. I I'll I'll send you a link for that too, Chuck. Okay, thank you, Mark. Last uh, last pick of the of 2023. What do you have? You know, I have interest in biological sciences. And so this is going to be completely separate. And this is a book. You know, it's available both in a Kindle version as well as a printed version. Uh, it's called Metabolical, you know, the lore and the lies of processed food, nutrition, and modern science. Uh, the author is a pediatric uh, endocrinologist. Um, and, you know, it's a very eye-opening book. This was recommended to me a couple months ago. And uh, I subsequently bought it, and it's uh, it's very eye opening about you know what is you know some of the some of the root causes of why so much of the developed world seems to have you know problem with uh, with obesity and uh, diabetes and uh, and the like. And uh, this uh, this author you know ultimately traces back to uh, changes in in food and food food uh, diets where. There's just uh, too much, and I hate to say this, uh, you know, Brad or Chuck, you know, too much corn that's uh, processed, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, inexpensive corn fructose um, basically uh, is invaded all sorts of food, and the problem is that uh, there's you know, only one organ in the body, you know, the liver, that mm -hmm. uh, you know, can uh, that can process it. So you know, there's all sorts of uh, you know uh, negative. Uh, biological effects that happen um you know he has a saying that uh you know he repeats uh, multiple times which is you know you know feed the gut and protect protect the liver the idea being you know adjust your your diet so that uh, you don't ingest uh uh your pathogens that uh you know stress and harm the liver you know they can be things like fructose can be things like you're know, having uh, too much alcohol or other foods, you know, other processed foods with, uh, you know, preservatives in them. And, um, you know, feed the gut, it basically stresses the importance of you know, the gut microbiome. And, you know, one thing that, you know, a lot of people 
probably know or don't know they should be doing is getting a lot of fiber in the diet because uh, you know fiber is uh, the food for uh, your guts uh, you know bacteria uh, as yep. well as you know, as well as uh, you know fiber you know, helps slow absorption of food and uh, so on and so forth yeah. so a smoothie and an apple are two different things and not the same thing Yes, you know, but there is a lot of wisdom of an apple a day, you know, keeps the doctor away. So uh, it's very interesting. It has a very easy to read uh, you know, style. Uh, he has a little bit of a sly sense of humor. And, uh, you know, you know, he gets uh, in some really subtle uh, humor and some laughs uh, every now and then. And um, I highly recommend it. It's very, very eye opening. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, I've I've read one of his books. I think it was um, Fat Chance. I think. Oh yeah, about sugar. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a mm -hmm. really good book. Yeah, added to my wish list already. So I'll I'll listen to that. I have heard that the U.S. the U.S. diet includes so much corn that it has affected our DNA. Mm -hmm. I personally don't eat a lot of corn. I. I basically eat nothing but whole foods and my corn intake is limited to tortillas. Um, but I have heard that the Midwest diet has actually changed DNA, mm -hmm. like at a cellular level, at a DNA level. No so surprise. That's interesting. Wow. That is. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that okay, doesn't well, on, surprise me. On that uplifting <laughs> note, um, <laughs> as we're all getting ready to feast for the holidays, um, Patrice, what do you have for uh, your last pick? So the funny thing is I also picked the book, but it's fiction. So it's um, the Expeditionary Force series from uh, Craig Allenson. Um, I don't remember. I think, Chuck, did you recommend that to me recently? Cameron did. Yeah, I've not this one. It was last week on some at some point. I've already gone through almost two books. It's a really, really interesting series. It probably replaced my like the, the top science fiction series that I think is the most realistic. It probably replaced that from like um the expanse to, to this. So the story is basically um a alien species uh, kind of looking like hamsters <laughs> invades Earth. Or so they think. Um, and there's another species looking like lizards uh, already there and supposedly our allies. And so um, the like we're, their, their technology is way ahead of us. Like, I mean, we're basically, we don't even understand how their stuff works at all. Like nothing. Um, they're so far advanced. Um, and there's multiple levels of advancement. So like every kind of every species has a species under them and a species over them. And they're kind of all working together. And the, the U.S. decide, or the, well, the, the Earth, the U.N. decides to send troops to another planet to participate somehow in an intergalactic war. And well, uh, nothing turns out the way it looked uh, like originally. Um, and there is a AI involved that gets involved that is uh, well gets gets the nickname Skippy and is kind of an asshole and uh, but is really 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 good. It's like way advanced, way ahead of everybody. Is from like an old ancient civilization that left our realms like millions of years ago um, and kind of. Yeah, it's kind of an asshole, but very effective at what's 
like what it's doing. And it decides to pair up with the the monkey meat sex, how it calls us, to yeah, somehow reconnect to other AIs. So and that's that's the story of this at least the first couple books, I think. So really interesting story, well written, really funny, and and some point is had the like I had completely forgotten about the AI part. Like someone had told me about it and I forgot about it. And and I was like, oh, this is a really good book. And and it was really enjoying it. And then the AI comes in and I'm like, wow, everything changed. So, so I, like I need you to confer for me. It says readers also enjoyed, and then it lists four Dennis Taylor books. <laughs> Do you also enjoy Dennis Taylor? Um don't think so. I don't okay, because I be, I love I love Dennis Taylor. I have read everything he does, and mm-hmm. if those are the four, like you might also enjoy books. I might be totally into this. So, I, just curious. I, I I mean I have not read any Dennis Taylor books, so I couldn't tell you. But okay. the, now that okay. I've seen this, I should probably check them out. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's it has like the entire series. I think at this point is sixteen books or something like that. Wow, it's, it's a yeah. massive thing. Prolific. So, All right, yeah. really good. So, I have not uh, not familiar with Dennis Taylor, so I'm going to add this to to my it, Dennis, Dennis Taylor is he's annoying. <laughs> like he's just <laughs> okay. so nerdy. He's like reading Ready Player One. Which is just so many nerdy references all mm-hmm. at once. But like at the same time, I love him. Like he creates this whole Baba verse of like this guy who's trit his uh his his entire brain was downloaded into an AI. And mm-hmm. then that became a self-replicating AI and created an entire universe consisting of nothing. But wow. replications of this, it's and it's a whole series. Okay, and it's I got annoying <laughs> and stupid, and I love it so much. Yeah. I definitely like Ready Player One, so yeah. which is also like annoying and stupid, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll get this. You'll get this. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap up this round with something that's probably a little more of a stocking stuffer. Um, definitely affordable if you have an iPhone or an iPad. Um, I just feel really strongly, as great as Apple's devices are, I want them wrapped in as much protection as I can get. And everybody has their favorite cases and all, and that's a whole other discussion. But there is just no excuse now for you not to have a screen protector on your iPhone mm-hmm. or on your iPad. It, I mean, the the... Gone are the days when they were wet and messy and slippery and they had bubbles in them and you couldn't get the bubbles out. Um, and so I want to recommend um, the – sorry, I should have thrown it in there first. Um, the uh, the Amfilm screen protectors. Um, this is a company that I've been using now for a long time. They take nothing away from all the other names you probably know a lot a lot better. Um, they do great job too, but the M-Film ones always seem to be some of the first ones out when you get a new device. They, their, their method of applying these is completely brain-dead simple. You, you almost cannot, unless you try to, you cannot screw up the application. The, the films themselves are, are, the screen protectors are great. They're tempered glass. Um, 
they the if if there's a complaint and it's actually a feature, is that when it's time to send the iPhone back or trade it in, uh, Apple doesn't like you to have a screen protector on. So you really have to you know get a fingernail down there and find the edge and peel it off. But once it starts to peel, it pops right off. No adhesives left or anything. Mm-hmm. And if you think you don't need a screen protector, well. Okay, think about how many times something, your phone may be laying on a desk or something and you drop something on it. Odds are it's not going to crack the glass. But what if it did? Now you've got a, uh, Apple Care or not, you've got it worst, you've got, got inconvenience. Um, and at, at even worse, worst, you have expenses. So if, and if you crack a screen protector, big deal. You just peel it off, put another one on and keep on going. And I have cracked screen protectors uh, by having things drop on my phone accidentally mm. and nothing to it. The same thing with an, with an iPad. Um, and if uh, we recently had a discussion on Mac Voices Live about Apple Pencils and using styluses and those kind of things, you are putting something on the, on the surface of your iPad. And so why not put a, a tempered glass screen protector on there? It does not – none of these affect the, the performance of your finger or You don't even notice. You don't, once it's on, you will not yeah. even notice unless something happens. And then it's really nice to be able to say, well, let's see if I just peel the protector off, it goes. Yeah, there I have a different one from, from uh, Spigen, but – Highly recommend yeah. any kind of screen. Product. Yeah, and and they just aren't that they are not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, they use depending on which ones you get for which devices. Usually they'll come with one or one, maybe two of them. So if you would for some reason screw up, um, you you always have that second option. Usually I just end <laughs> up looking around for a friend or someone to say, "Hey, do you have a screen protector?" No, and I put that second one on for them because they are specific to each model. Yeah, but, and unless man. you're unless you're not super patient like me and you need three tries to put it on, which is I mean I've like on the last year's phone I needed one and it was fine. This time I needed three. I don't know why. It just mm. yeah, just me. Well, the, 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 I mean, especially with the phones, they uh, M film uses um, basically I can't think of the word a tray. Yeah, um, that, like I that, think they all do. Like looks like this. Yes. Yes, exactly. So instead of you applying the the screen protector to the phone, you're basically applying the phone to the screen protector Mm -hmm. in the tray and then dropping it out, and it's seamless. So just do yourself a favor and and protect your devices just that little bit extra. It won't cost Mm -hmm. you much, and who knows how much it could save you. The only thing I can definitely say is, and that's why it took me three tries, is do remove the, like, dust. Last particles oh, yeah. from your screen before, and I didn't do that, and I regretted it. And then, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's there's why a procedure, and, and what Patrice? They, they, the typical procedure takes what five minutes, seven minutes. Um, five is even a lot. It's like yeah, two minutes maybe. Yeah, I didn't want to oversell it. Yeah, but, it, it's know. really quick. I mean, I've done it a couple of times now, so like, get really quick. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. Follow the instructions, and you will get a seamless application mm-hmm. that you will be really happy with but but spend that money it's it's just cheap insurance and it's not that much i mean it's like 15 20 bucks for two something like that usually yeah it's not right now right now the the, uh let's see for the iphone right now uh the the iphone 14 it's a uh the 6.1 it's 14.99 for two Mm -hmm. of them yeah 
So, so I mean, that's that's cheap insurance. If anything happens, if you scratch it, if like I don't know, you carry it in your purse or your bag, and there's something in there that might scratch it, easily worth it. Yeah, yeah. And if, I know I I do my best to keep my phone on one in one pocket, my keys in another. Every once in a while, they'll end up together, and it's just mm-hmm. nice knowing that I don't have to worry about pointing it out and saying, "Oh man, now for the rest of the, the phone's life, I'm going to have to deal with the scratch." And I'm also going to have to deal with somebody giving me less value for the trade-in, or Apple giving me a hassle when I go to upgrade. So <laughs> happened to me once. That's why I'm doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> Takes once. Takes once. Yeah, I had a really nice big scratch. That I didn't know where it was from. Like it wasn't my keys or anything. I don't know how I did it. It just there it was. Just in case you've ever wondered, a cat's claws can scratch an iPhone screen. Really? Should we ask how you yes. know? Oh, it, it like it's happened to me multiple times. Without a screen protector, a cat's claws can actually scratch an wow. iPhone screen, which seems improbable, mm-hmm. but I have experienced it. Wow. You must have diamonds in their claws. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so for the for all the cat lovers or mm-hmm. you have cat lovers in your in your uh, life, this is the perfect uh, perfect gift. Yep. Wow. I would not have believed that, Brad. It I I swear it's true. So there's this there's this game called iPad Game for Cats. Mm-hmm. It's a super original game name, but it's basically it puts a laser pointer on the screen of your iPad and lets your cats. And every time they hit the the dot, it like explodes and gives them like a new dot. And like cats, my cats have loved it. But their claws, in the process of playing this game, have actually left indentures in the glass. Mm-hmm. And it seems improbable, I know. But, wow. but I know that my cat's claws did this. It's hmm. crazy. Wow. I never even thought about that, because mm-hmm. uh, I've seen those cat games. <laughs> yeah. I never, never even thought about, though, that you could be endangering your iPad. If you're going to play cat games, definitely get one of these screen protectors. I feel like now as we fade out, I should be playing Cat Scratch Fever in the background, <laughs> but I'll get in trouble. Um, hey, guys, thank you. This this has been a phenomenal round, um, both educational and entertaining, uh, and definitely some great practical things here that, and yes, you have succeeded in spending more of my money. Thank you. I <laughs> uh, want to go around the room, let folks know where they can reach you when uh, when you're not here, and if they want to talk gift picks with you or anything else. Um Brett, what's the best way for people to uh, find out where you are? Uh, you can find me at brettterpster.com. Hit the About button to find any of my contact information. Um, and I am T.T. Scoff, T-T-S-C-O-F-F, on almost every single uh, social platform you can find. Great. Good to have you, Brett. Thanks so much. Happy holidays. Thank you. Mark Cuccio, thank you for being here with a festive background and some great picks. Uh, what's the best way for folks to connect with you? Well, probably the best way is uh, Tuesday nights on Mac Voices Live. Um, you know, because you know it's an open community. There's always good discussions there, and uh, there's various uh, you know, chat uh, you, know, you know discussions going. Uh, you know, through uh, through YouTube. You know, so it is interactive uh, with the audience and always a lot of fun. 
or the you know, best way, you know, find me on uh, X, you know, formerly you know, called Twitter, uh, at M-A-R-K-F-U-C-C-I-O. Great. Mark, thanks so much. Happy holidays. This was fun. Same to you. The most, I, th- I think it's definitely the, the most festive person uh, in dress <laughs> that has appeared on this year's gift guides. Patrice Brendamore, thanks so much. It's it's always great to see you and uh, and great to have your your tech recommendations. <laughs> Where can folks connect with you? Well, uh, thanks for having me, and I'm I'm very happy you like my my outfit. So I, I had to bring something. Um, you can find me every week on the British Tech Network on two shows, BritishTechNetwork.com on the big show on Thursday nights where we talk about the non-Apple side of things and the Mac show on Fridays, where we talk about the Apple side of things. Uh, also with Chuck, by the way. Um, you can find literally everything I'm doing, all the social media links, the platform, uh, the, sorry, the podcast, the projects, I don't know where platforms came from. Um, everything I'm doing on my website, thepatrice.com. And you can listen to really cool people talk about food and food-related stories and memories on my podcast at foodieflashback.com. Chris, thanks so much. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. You know, I also should mention, if, if folks, if you're hearing a little something strange, I didn't realize it until about three-quarters of the way through the show. Patrice has bells <laughs> on her antlers. And so sh- sh- shake it a little bit, Patrice. And no. <laughs> now it's not picking up. Yeah, now it's not doing it. Now it's it, not yes. picking it up. Yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So th- there is nothing wrong with your uh, your podcast player. I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. Again, go to the show notes for this episode, and you will find all of our links, the direct links to those picks. Uh, we also publish this stuff on Mac Voices Magazine's Holiday Gift Guide Flipboard. So please check that out as well. All those links will be in the show notes. Until the next time, as always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page, and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices each month. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.